0: Hello and welcome to the Zwift SPS podcast. Last year I rode the most kilometres I've ridden in more than a decade and a fair portion of it was in the garage on Zwift. Mainly because it's fun, the bonus was I got fitter in the process. Zwift had me connected with friends from all over the world who I hadn't ridden with for ages. Friends from Dubai, London, Wellington, Perth, Sydney, even friends in Melbourne, all on the same ride. It also got my competitive spirit going, so I made the most of the structured workouts in an effort to get the better of my mates on our weekly meetups. The biggest debate often being where to ride. My favorite's the Champs-Élysées, dreaming about winning the final stage of the tour. The Watopia mountain loop, I love the one up to the radio tower. And the RGV course in France, simply because it feels really fast and I'm enjoying exploring the new Japanese-inspired Makuri Islands. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Right on.
1: Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf or logger rides with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave?
2: Oh, you know, I've got a cup of joe and I'm, I still haven't woken up, mate. So, <laughs> you know, if I, I, can... if I fall asleep because of the, you know, the shift work we're doing, I mean, this is just ridiculous. (laughs) I've I've got to talk to the union, actually. I'm not happy. Don't say it too loudly, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good. And it looks like it's going to be a nice day outside in Sydney, so... um might even try and get out in my is it five kilometer radius
1: oh uh, it's something like that what's yeah. the deal yeah. Yeah, they seem
2: know. a bit lax about it here i gotta say well, i don't want to get political but you know
1: i didn't look into it because i know i was not able to go uh, anyway <laughs> so with the amount of work we're doing but anyway yeah,
2: mate and that and the 200 hundred dollar bike that you bought <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm not riding with you outside with that thing i'm telling you
1: I, I, i'm actually struggling to go outside with myself with <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, let's talk about the stage yesterday because Cav is on the way to make history, yeah. history possible. is just one stage 32 at the Tour de France
2: of his career. Yeah, and you be, you've been beating that drum for a little while, haven't you? I do you? like a good record. I you do, like- and, and I talked it down, but now I'm getting excited about <laughs> it because... It's what? What? What is he? What's he at? How many off it? He's two off. So Eddie Merckx is got two off the equal.
1: It's two of equaling Eddie Merckx. Eddie Merckx got thirty-four uh, stage wins at the Tour de France throughout his career, and Mark Cavendish just claimed win number thirty-two yesterday.
2: So how would you like to see this play out at this tour? If I was writing the script, yeah, I would just say Cavendish equals
1: somewhere in France, yeah and wins number 35 on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Oh, so you want, to a, Hollywood, you want a Hollywood ending. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't? <laughs>
2: no, it would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? And by, you know, and a bit of... I Well, I wouldn't mind that, and then he, he gets DQ'd afterwards. Nah! No. For, for rough writing. <laughs> I can't believe I'm defending Cavendish with no. everything I said before. Yeah, no, um, no, no. Look, I, I, I'm sort of with you. I want him to... I think I want him to do it as well. But I can
1: explain why I think it's it's... It's once in our lifetime, we can see something as monumentous as 34 wins in the Tour de France. Last time was Eddie Merckx. I was born, but I was a child. Okay. Uh, and I think I was, yeah, I was just born. I think when he won his last stage yeah. in Auch. But when you look at it, who else is even scratching the surface? today to that record for it to become possible in our lifetime no one at a minute so this is the only way we can see a record falling I mean Eddie Merckx got everything else he's won everything else we can have this one in our lifetime (laughs) our generation
2: please it's true I mean it is incredible in modern day cycling that a record like that of multi you know stage wins is um, is on the cards to be beaten Um, yeah no it's I mean let's just let's just isolate this his second victory for a moment yeah take the records out the guy is phenomenal and what what i sort of saw last night i mean it wasn't wasn't all his own way but most of the sprinters teams or sprinters were trying to line up behind him so already yeah, psychologically it? he's got the wood on them it was only really Alperson phoenix who did their own lead out train again they went down one side of the road and in the end they De Koenig had too much and then Cav was too fast. But yeah, suddenly now he's back. It's like the the switch flicked. That was it. Uh, it. It wasn't like this slow... It was a slow burn for a couple of years, but that was injuries and so on and so forth. And suddenly now it's like he's back to, you know, where he was at six years ago.
1: And he's messing up with their heads. Yeah. He's starting to mess up with their heads. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough, and then we go back to the to the victory itself. Uh, you you mentioned this was Alpacin Phoenix and the De train. Where was Fr- des jeux or Groupama FDJ for Demar? They had a bit of a problem in the lead-in.
2: Yeah, they had a. Uh, there was a. It was a crash. Yeah, there it? was a crash. But yeah. they are
1: one of the strongest team, uh, as as for train. Mm. Uh, but but they just they just wouldn't make their way into this. Well, world.
2: well, there's been a bit of talk about their selection too. They they left one of their lead-out train riders home, and they've been lacking a bit. Crashes have hurt. Some of their riders, and there was a, one of their riders' lead out guys crashed yesterday. In the last corner. I think it was uh, uh, Guarini. Yep. So he crashed. So DeMar, he did well in the end to finish fourth. He had to wheel surf, and he's not that type of rider, is he? Mm-hmm. He, he sort of needs a, a train, or he needs a clean run to the line. Um, Yeah, so he's... It's amazing how the tides shift so easily and so quickly, and it also shows when you've got a good team behind you. Let's face it, Cav's going well, but without De Koenig, it's probably fair to say he would not have those two victories. But he knows that. Mm. Like, yeah, w- w- When that. you
1: listen to him. Actually, let's listen to him. Yeah. Uh, and then we come back and debate on this. Uh, that's Mark Cavendish after the stage win.
3: It was nice. Wow. It seems like every time we finished here, it's been a different line though. 2008, it was uphill a bit. I think it was further down the road. 2011, we were short from the finish, I think. We're still uphill a bit, but short from us. Shit, it's like kind of downhill flat, running. Oh,
0: but still, it's Kevin Cavendish, who I mean, wins at the end. So I take can't us believe through that, those it. moments. It's been
3: 10 years since I last one here. you know? Um, it's pretty special, like, and actually in pretty similar fashion to then. Like, uh, we were talking about what to do in the final. Because there's so many strong sprint teams here all wanting to go for the front that uh, to take on is a big ask, you know, you always get swamped at the finish um, by those big teams, especially those teams that I don't understand why you bring a full sprint team here and not ride for a sprint. You know, the break went with all our guys, like we had Casper in there, a lot of the sprint teams had someone in there, and all of a sudden Frontier de Jure. Uh, okay, like the French teams in the Tour de France and they panic because there's a group gone then but then when there's a breakaway to challenge for a sprint they don't pull and so they've got everyone in the final there so you expect them to come um, and uh, actually in, as usual it's, uh, it's uh, the other team that share the work with us in, uh, in uh, Alpha um, and they came with the strongest team in the end as well. And uh actually yeah Michael left the outside, the wind was coming from the right. Michael left the left for me to go. But uh I wanted just a split second longer in the wheels before I went, so I had to switch trains and and go from there. But uh so happy with that. Like you see the guys, you see how much they pulled there. The world champion, Julian Alaphilippe just burying himself in the last kilometers it's, it's, that's something special all the guys are inc- sorry i'm just talking on now but i'm buzzing you know
0: market it's just 30 seconds victory you know what my next question is going to be are you thinking don't about say that?
3: the name don't say the i name. didn't say anything. i'm not thinking about anything again i've just won a stage of the tour de france if that was my first stage if that was my 30 second stage i just won a stage of the tour and uh, that's what people work their whole life for, you know. Yeah. I'm very, very happy. That's all. I say. If I'm good enough to win 50 more, I'm good enough to win 50. If I'm good enough to never win again here. So be it. I'm not good enough to win again here. Um, it's the Tour de France. Thank you, young man. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> so yes, Mark Cavendish here. He knows that he pretty much one of the first things he does for the last two victories is is thank the team. He's, he's thanking Hala, Hala Philippe, uh for launching the whole the whole train. He's, he's, I said in Bonjour Le Tour yesterday as a joke, he's almost likable. Mm. Uh, it was a bit of a, of, a, of a cheeky comment, but it's true. You know, remember before we used to, when he won all the other stages, uh, we used to uh, go and get ready to interview him and we go, oh, what is he going to say now? But now we are, what is he going to say now? Yeah. You know, he's almost likable. He's, he's, listen to this interview. There's a smile behind all this.
2: Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought the overnight interview was was great actually. And then the question at the end about okay, you know what my next question's going to be. And he's like, oh, I'm not even going to talk about it. And I liked it. Don't, said, don't you know, say the
1: name, don't say the name, don't yeah, say the name. <laughs> that's right, yeah.
2: And he said, you know, if he wins 50 or he doesn't win another stage now, it doesn't matter. He's he's content. He wanted to go out on his terms and every champion in any sport, you know, it's stating the obvious, but they you want to go out on your terms. You want to go out with a victory or, or something like that. And um, now he's had it. So if he doesn't do another thing, I think he genuinely will be happy. Um, So that's a good thing. Um, But look, the record's there. And if it wasn't on his mind or if he didn't care, I think now he probably, it's within his grasp. That
1: that was my next next question, actually. No, we kept on saying, oh, he's he's not thinking about it. He he kept on saying, I'm not thinking about it. Do you think now he's sort of really eyeing it down, going actually, and could
2: this be a problem mentally? No, I think he's, I think he's, He's in his sweet spot in his mind. So I don't think it'll be a problem mentally. I think he's good. And he's just trying to focus on the game. And he's trying to block out that exterior noise a little bit because it's getting louder. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. So, but he'll, now that he's got his two wins, you know, he's got his mojo back. He's got his confidence back. The team's fully going to back him in every flat stage. You know, now with two wins, they're going they're going to back him. And, you know, isn't it interesting, a Belgian team a Belgian sort of, you know... Um, iconic team. Iconic team and a Belgian um, manager, very outspoken. I think they'd love him to beat Merckx's record. Yeah. Not that they don't like Merckx. They love Merckx. Merckx you know...
1: But the, they know the importance of that record They in know their the country. importance
2: and they'd love to have it beaten from their team. It, it would be something huge. It would be... And in the papers and in the press, it would be... And on TV there, it will be talked about now already. You know on your on your late on your news uh tv prime time it'll already be spoken about yeah.
1: it's a good point let's not forget you can is a belgian team mm. and the record holder eddie max is a Belgium rider legendary yeah. Bel- yeah. Belgium rider so absolutely and we know we all know how cycling is seen in in belgium i wonder
2: it's- what the general public I'm thinking yeah, it's a good if question. they want to see it beaten or if they don't want to.
1: I'm, I'm going to report on this. I'll, yeah. I'll do a bit of digging. C- come back to me. Can, uh, yeah. can you have a
2: folder on my desk t- by 20, tomorrow 24 morning? 24 hours okay? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, sir. I want an in-depth one, though, F- Thank you 24 sir, hours. Thank you, sir. You're okay
1: <laughs> for letting me <laughs> a bit of time to do this work for yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: if you do a, um, ooh, I was about to mention another newspaper then, but I won't. A cer- I was about to say if you do a certain survey, which is generally their cheap and nasty yeah. surveys. You know, they <laughs> survey five people. And then they plastered on the front of their paper. 80%. <laughs> yeah. 80% said this. <laughs>
1: no, I won't do that. Uh, let's just backtrack a little bit to the intermediate sprint. Because there's been something quite interesting if we look at the mm. intermediate sprint. Colbretti was having a beef with Boani. the new Bahani, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was having a beef with Boani with on something that he wasn't involved with. Happened... Actually, on nothing, because there was not even a something. he yeah. did nothing wrong in the squeeze with Sagan. Yeah. But Colberti was sort of being the hitman for Sagan. Yeah. <laughs> to talk to what What was that about? I don't know. Yeah, I
2: mean, even uh, Maddie Keenan, who doesn't miss a beat, uh, he even, was scratching his head. Even Robbie, that has been in there, and he's been in a couple of beef, let's face it. Matty, Matty missed sleep last night, because he was still trying <laughs> to work it out. <laughs> he was sort of lying in bed, that, tossing and turning. That was weird. But what I want to
1: extract from this discussion is, Cole Brelli he's got a bit of an anger management problem at the yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, he knocked off Roglic, so you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Don't jump down my throat, yeah. people. Um, no, no. But he, 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 he did get very defensive that he didn't cause Roglic to crash the other day, and then he's thrown the arm. Look, it's it is. It's a little bit, and I'm stereotyping here. It's classic Italian. Um, not not saying the anger side of it, mm. but they throw the arms up and you know they, they get they dramatise something um, after it's happened when actually it wasn't that bad. So hopefully he's cooled down a bit, and hopefully he might have gone to Buhani at the end of the stage and said, "Oh, sorry, mate. Actually, it wasn't you. It was me, and you did nothing wrong." Mm-hmm. And he might want to apologise to Buhani because. If he but doesn't...
1: Do, do, do you think he does this to get in Buhani's head? Because we know Buhani is, is a bit of a fire cracker as well. Yeah, I think
2: so. Look, the only other thing is if we missed vision a kilometre before that, yeah, maybe Buhani pushed him, you know, 500 metres before that, that overhead vision. So that maybe there is something in it.
1: Yeah let us know a uh, catchpole yep. if if, if you you've seen know. anything if you know mm-hmm. uh, because we we were clueless last night and we are not the only ones so yeah. uh just going back to the sprint and then we move on to the, the stage uh, happening tonight but uh Mathieu van der Poel he was again the rider that launched the train on uh the, the last straight for Alpecin Phoenix and it's there is something beautiful to see a young guy like you know van der Poel first Tour de France, but he's in yellow. I'm not saying that he doesn't have to do that work, but it's something. Sp- he doesn't forget his place. That's what I want to say. Even though he's wearing yellow in that outfit, he doesn't forget the work he has to do.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now they look. They're riding as a real team, um, and and he almost made the difference for his sprinters, didn't he? When he went to the front because they were drag racing with de Koenig, and I'm trying to think who the de Kurnik rider was on the front at that time. But he was all, he almost sort of got the better of them um, uh, with Alpersen, with his teammates on the wheel, and they almost got over them. And then I think Morku jumped, and that was it. Uh, Cav, Cav did the rest. But, um, no, he he's exceptional. He's exceptional, isn't he? And, um, yeah, he, play, he he's playing the role. He's repaying his teammates for the help that they've done for him, no doubt, in those opening you know, two, three days.
1: Question we, in discussion, you and I had on our catch uh, yesterday about Van der Poel. Actually, if we focus on Van der Poel, is another day in yellow for Van der Poel? If you look at the stage tonight, likely he will still be in yellow yep. after tonight, okay? We all know Van der Poel has got an objective this year, target being the Olympics. And we all sort of expect him to drop off the Tour de France at some point. When does he do this? And when the yellow jersey, like let's say he's got the yellow jersey after the Alps, still yep. on his shoulders. Yeah, Do you think at some point he will start thinking, hang on a minute, I could do something in this Tour de France. This is my time now. Maybe mountain bike and the Olympics, it's a bit too hard, given also all the COVID restriction and all the, the challenges he would have uh, to, to actually make it to Tokyo at some point.
2: You're sort of leaning it down towards Ala Philippe a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. when, when he was never going to win it. He was going to lose the jersey in the first couple of mountain days then he was like oh he'll lose it in po yeah and then he won then he won the tt in po and then suddenly three days from the finish he was still in yellow i don't think van der Poel will climb as well as say ala Philippe can or, or did in that year um i think he'll lose it but yeah when is the question? And you know, there's always there's always this um, uh, um honouring yeah. the race and, yeah. and being respectful. And is, we it, know that when they withdraw, they make little, but exactly n- little white lies, if you like, exactly, sometimes because they have other. You can't walk
1: away if you're still third in the in the ranking by just saying, "See you guys, I'm off to Tokyo." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah that would, be, no, that it's interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, it it it'd be a little. It, he'd cop a little bit of criticism, wouldn't so he? So, do you think yeah.
1: right now? Do you think right now in the answer is probably no, but right now, in his head, the strategy is more about, let's see how this plays out, and uh, but not going to the Olympics is actually a potential question.
2: Okay, so the first part I agree with, yeah, I think he'll, let's just see how this plays out. The second part, there is no way he won't do the Olympics. There, He will do the Olympics. If he's in yellow on stage 17, and his program has him to leave, he'll be leaving. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's not going to be the case, surely, but... He, I can't. No, I can't see him pulling out of the Olympics. It's been such a big goal for quite some time. Um, even his grandfather said it. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. remember said it to me actually. He said <laughs> it a couple of years ago. Yeah. So this has been a big goal, and he's had to wait that extra year for the Olympics. Um, so, but it is an interesting prospect of when will he pull the pull the pin? What are we now? We're up to stage seven yeah. tonight, correct? So we're at the end of the first week we're not at the rest day but no i I think he'll lose it in the mountains yeah i think so but what if he you're right what if he's feeling good and he's thinking hang on a minute what is i thought i'd get dropped and i'm feeling good in fact i can attack these guys like
1: i'm feeling good and i'm third Mm. i'm still in the mix like if he drops to 25 yeah and feeling good then no problem yeah but let's say still in the top five what's more important a gold medal in mountain bike or a top three at the tour for him, a podium stage at the tour? Uh, well, for me,
2: for me, in my opinion, yeah, I, I'd say I'm, I've, I've never been big on the um, the Olympics, to be honest, and I don't I don't discredit, and I don't mean that, in a, you but it know. it seemed to be a
1: dream of him, of yeah. his, to, to to reach the Olympics. Yeah, stage. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, I think there is a debate here. There's a question. There's something to watch for. Yeah. There's a bit of a storyline It is, there. it
2: is. Yeah, totally.
1: Um, the Aussies, yesterday, we got... Not great deal of stuff to report,
2: except Scorson did a good job. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a, a good asset for FDJ. He's a huge what we, asset. Yeah. He's a bit of an unsung hero at the moment for that squad, I think.
1: Despite it, what we just said at the beginning of the pocket, by the way, where we said FDJ wasn't there for the training. Yeah, yeah. But still he was putting out the, the He watts. actually
2: got DeMar up there. And it's not his job to be leading DeMar out in the last kilometre. Mm-hmm. But I think in the last kilometre, or just outside the kilometre, he was dragging DeMar through the gaps and he was pushing he was not you saw there was one aerial shot and keno and robbie were picking up on it he was he was pushing and shoving and,
1: and that's what i like to see yesterday actually not the pushing and shoving but the fact that he was making himself respected yeah this is like this is our space and i belong here yeah and he's a young rider. yeah and yeah For someone yeah. to do this in such a big pack. yeah no he's, nice he's come him. a long
2: way uh miles and he, he spoke after the tt as well i thought he was um he spoke really well and Oh, he's getting really a bit matured. A, he's getting a bit of an accent. Remember? Yes. Is. Is. <laughs> Where's that coming from? I don't know. <laughs> he's, i was about to say—he's from Adelaide. He's not even from Adelaide. <laughs> he's from the bloody boondocks out of Adelaide. I don't. Yeah, Miles. Come on. <laughs> he's been hanging out with your bloody French mates. Yeah, too many, too, many, too much, too much. <laughs> It's—it it's, is. It's—it's a, it's a hybrid accent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, good performance by both. Yeah, no, good overall f-
2: great from him. And you know, the, the good news is, from what we understand, no Aussies had a touchdown. No. So that was great. They all got through safely. Michael Matthews, he, he would have hoped for better himself, but the sprint did not suit him. These flat ones do not suit Michael. He was still, I think, ninth. So it was still an okay day for Michael, and he's just got to keep chipping away. He just has to salvage points on the days that don't suit him and the days that do suit him. This is where he's got to drop Cavendish on those, you know, possibly, possibly tonight. Yeah. Possibly tonight. Cav gets dropped michael michael can actually make it over tonight and a bunch of sprinters won't that is a real possibility and i can't you bike exchange surely will we'll have something up their sleeve for tonight yeah i okay. hope so uh
1: and and then just to finish on the stage and on matthew as well he should also make sure he's not disappointed by the result last night mm. ninth it's actually okay when you look at who was at the finish yeah and the way especially with the way that finish was that straight line yeah big wide open space you should know better than anyone that is probably not his best area yeah
2: yeah and you need you know you needed a train last night it was obvious the train won the night really
1: Um, okay let's talk about what's coming up uh, tonight is uh, stage seven we're going from Vierzon to Le Creusot Um, it's the longest stage of the Tour de France this year it's actually the longest stage since the year 2000, uh, Jesus. so it's the we can technically say it's the second. Uh, look, uh, look at the journalist in me. It's the second longest stage of the millennium.
2: Wow, 249.1 that, kilometers. That's so, a big one.
1: Yeah, and also it's relatively flat for about 160k. <whistles> um, yes, Couch exactly. peloton, <laughs>
2: cook up a feast. Yeah,
1: maybe a slow cook, a stew, or something. And also cook up a nap somewhere in the afternoon mm. if you can, because this could potentially be a, a late-ish well, well, one. You could
2: almost have a nap during the stage, <laughs> actually, in fact. D- <laughs> during that flat section, you could maybe get the first 50 in. <laughs> do they want to... Uh, you could fall asleep before the sprint and still get back up and not miss it. Not not the sprint finish, I mean the intermediate.
1: Yeah, which is at where? How many kilometers? Uh, it
2: comes after 115 kilometers. So
1: how do you see this unfolding? I think this has got a breakaway written all over it. Um is it a breakaway type for someone like Thomas De Gendt? Is it is it that kind of breakaway? Yes,
2: it is. It, De Ghent would have been frustrated with yesterday. That break at the start did not stick, and because there was it was there were some good riders in it, and there was just one or two that wouldn't work. Soren Krah Anderson, not happy with him and, mm-hmm. and DSM. I thought they made the wrong wrong decision. However, um, yeah, I think this is one of those fifty fifty stages that it. it Could be for the sprinters, but it's a big opportunity for the opportunists because after 150-odd kilometres, the road starts to go up. And when I say up, it's a Category 3. It's only 3 kilometres in length, 5% average, so it's not much. Then there's a Category 4, even less, 2.6 kilometres, although it looks like it does climb for longer. But then in the last, after 213 kilometres, there's a Category 3, almost 5 kilometres in length, and then at two hundred and thirty-one kilometers, there's a category two, at five point seven kilometers.
1: So it's really ramping up in yes, the, in the mountains.
2: Yes, so in the last twenty kilometers, there's two climbs. For me, that is enough to split the race. It's enough for the guy, and it's it's not enough to drop Michael Matthews, but it's enough to drop Mark Cavendish. You know, maybe not Arno Dumas, because on his day, he can actually get over. Yeah. But I think half of the sprinters will be dropped. Buhani, Cavendish, the real purists. So this is this is a really big opportunity for Michael and Sagan. You know, and, this kind and of guys, you yeah. can't tell me um, Bora Hansgrohe won't light it up. The big question is, though, will the break get too big a gap? And will it not be, because it's such a long stage, they won't be able to control it, the sprinters' teams, that is. And De Kernick will say, we've got two, we got two uh, stages. Three, well, three we've got three stages three and we've got six. two sprinters yeah we're not chasing that's exactly what i think but will the, play out
1: the key would be Bora here like when, when yeah. we sort of start
2: analyzing it's what would Bora do and the, the problem Bora have got the last 30 40 kilometers suit Sagan perfectly and the team is to bring him at the they've got to got to bring bottom him, of them yeah of, in a good condition. they don't have to have the break back by then but they've got to have it within reaching touching distance yeah. so if the break goes in the first hour it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long chase or a long tempo set by Bora, by maybe bike exchange. So, yeah, I think there's a bit to play out tonight. It's a long day and there will be... Look, there, there's going to be moments in the stage where you're going, well, okay, I need a kip yeah, because not much is happening. But I think all in all, this is going to be a really decisive stage. So, it's, it's a really chess game tonight. Oh, yeah. This. this is yeah, a chess yeah, game yeah. sort of stage. And the other, the other side is it might not be boring at all because the first 100 Ks could be raced full gas and the brake might not stick. So then we are just going to see this full-on stage and you'll see guys on their hands and knees in this last 50 kilometers.
1: When when you look at a, a profile like this, what's the importance of the intermediate sprint? Would would that be any difference? Well, not?
2: again, for De Kernick, they've got the upper hand here. They yeah, don't, I'm, they talking, don't
1: I'm talking more for yeah, the intermediate. Everybody, everybody else that yeah. is chasing points. Like the Michael No, Matthews. I think they can null and void it. Yeah, so someone like Michael Matthews is not going to chase those those intermediate points? No,
2: no, because if if suddenly Bike Exchange and Michael Matthews go, right, okay, let's, let's try and keep it together for the intermediate sprint, Cav will potentially beat him anyway mm-hmm. and then extend his lead. So Michael, even Michael, is better off saying, let's null and void it. Actually, I'm better off not going for that sprint and not letting any sprinters. We're better off having a breakaway up the road to take all the points. It it keeps my margin at Cav the same, and it enhances my chances for later on to actually get the upper hand on him in, in this run into the line. So yeah, but there's a lot uh, there's a lot of different scenarios that can play out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This this could actually be a very interesting stage. I think uh, it will be. It's stage seven from uh, from Vierzon to Le Creusot.
2: Uh, what's the cultural aspects of today? Uh, what's going on here? We're in the we're in the the, the um, Bourgogne area, the Loire Valley. Yeah, uh, are we? Oh, I Bourgogne think we're reaching the Bourgogne area, Le okay. Creusot.
1: So is more wine it's more wine above bourguignon i think uh, this is uh, what uh, we're talking about Oh, uh,
2: okay there you go slow uh, cook yeah it's, Couch, it's, it's beef slow
1: cook mm. heartwarming sort of food yeah uh, that's where we i think that's definitely where we are heading out so okay yeah lovely no I, like I don't it. really know that area super well but that's where i know the above bourguignon quite well so that's okay <laughs> and and
2: just for some history as well this is the longest stage in what 20 odd years uh back in 1921 uh, there was a stage in the region it was stage five, uh, finished in... Oh, no, it finished in Bayonne. So it was stage five, 482 kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> so it was in the region, sort <laughs> of. Well, yeah, it started in the region. <laughs> it started in the region.
1: <laughs> that was 482 kilometers. But remember at that time, the eight, like they only had eight stages for the Tour de France or something like this. Yeah, they were and there was, no, there was no DI2. <laughs> it was one gear. And, and it was, at the time, you had oh no support. Gosh. It was that's all in, self-contained. That's you had insane. To carry, remember, you had to carry your own tire. You had yeah. to feed yourself. You had to... Uh, crazy stuff heydays of uh, of cycling yeah. and, and actually there's a really good uh, documentary on that's based on demand go back and watch it on the story of the Tour de France, oh, yes. the Tour de France. Yeah. those Tour de France there 21, 22 the Opperman era uh, I wonder if they
2: protested it at all no. <laughs> I just got on with it. Jeez, yeah. that's tough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Micah. Thank you. Thank you. See you tonight. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash TDF, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now.
0: Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When I walk into the commentary box and Matthew Vanderpool is on the start list, I know I'm gonna have some fun. And when it comes to doing an interview, there are none better than Tour de France winner, Garant Thomas. Like many of the riders at the tour, both of them use Zwift as part of their training. They've even done a few races on Zwift and you can too. There are races for all levels with new events starting every five minutes. And thanks to the massive online community, there's always someone to line up against. Choose from a group ride, a road race, test yourself in an individual time trial, or dive into the Fun Is Fast series across the duration of the TDF for a real mix of events. I've had a lot of fun doing some of the races and gotten a real sense of accomplishment completing some of the Grand Fondos, particularly the long ones. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.